Welcome to Manager Tools. This week, part one of how to write a drive description. Here we go. Folks, just a brief mention about our interviewing series. The market is starting to warm up. We're seeing a lot more purchases. And I got a great note from one of our listeners recently who said, the reason people ought to buy the interviewing series is not just because of the detailed guidance, actionable, specific, and so on, but rather that it makes you feel confident. And if you've ever interviewed and felt unconfident, you know what that's like. The interviewing series is a great series. There are 63 podcasts in it. It covers everything in interviewing and it will make you feel confident or your money back. So I'm here with Danny Martin. Um, she and I are in Chicago. Hi everyone. And we are gonna talk about job descriptions. What goes into a job description? Most managers don't really know, but the fact is it's really not that hard. Uh, despite the time and the hassle, the administrative time and hassle, that most of us think of it as being, a good job description is actually worth having. And once you listen to this cast, you'll be like, okay, I can do that, and then I'm done. It sure makes recruiting and hiring for a position so much easier. Totally, yeah. And at the end of the cast, we've got a gift for you. We'll tell you how to have your entire team's job descriptions written in a week, okay? So we've got six points to make. First of all, the huge thing that keeps people from doing this well is there is no one right way, okay? There's not a magic template in the sky that you don't know. Um, you only need one page, okay? Uh, there's a simple admin section at the top. It's a no-brainer. We're gonna recommend you create 10 and no more than 10 responsibilities because you really don't need more than that. We're gonna recommend you list the hiring requirements, what somebody would have to have done in order to get the job but they can't be too big, otherwise nobody's qualified. And since you probably have people doing the job, that doesn't make a lot of sense. And then lastly, we're gonna recommend you disseminate and repeat. So the first point was so great for me when I was reading these show notes and, and I think applies not just to writing job descriptions, but so right. much of management, right? Which is, there is no way out there that everybody else knows that you don't know. <laughs> right. That's right? what everybody thinks. That's what everybody thinks. I'm the guy who doesn't know. Everybody knows, except for me. And right. everybody knows how to write a job description, and there must be something wrong with me, because right. I don't know. Yeah, they literally sit at their cube, and they look around, and they go, everybody else knows. Yeah. But I don't know. And it, it's Horseman's Law of Management Blindness, which is, I'm blind, but every other manager has perfect vision. We were talking about this in the offsite we just came from in D.C., that, that managers, the big step is going from zero to one, just starting something. Right. And, and not believing that what you are doing is crap. Right. That, you know what, what everybody else does is probably cobbled together just like what you're gonna do. Mm. It's not as if everybody in HR and your boss are gonna look at this and say, what is this? <laughs> it's not gonna be like your Kramer creating a business document that nobody can even understand. <laughs> um, yeah, we all think that we don't know and everybody else totally knows and everybody else totally knows that we totally don't know. Right. And everybody thinks we're galactically stupid for not knowing but they don't know it. Nobody knows this stuff. Nobody's teaching it, nobody's training it. In fact, there is no one right way of this. There's no, there's no class on how to write a job description that right. every other manager went to, except for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, whatever training you got is probably the training that all the other managers got. Mm -hmm. Whatever you were doing before you became a manager, if you're a frontline manager, which that's the toughest promotion of all, everybody else got the same thing you got and they probably knew the same stuff and didn't know the same stuff right. you didn't know. And so, Danny's point about there's no one right way is that, that you, guys, stop beating yourself up for what you don't know and just start doing what seems to make sense. 
Um, and then of course come to us and we've probably got a lot of the answers that you're looking for. If there are a bunch of ways readily available, there is no one right way when it comes to job descriptions that everybody already knows. So stop feeling guilty and let's get busy writing. It doesn't need to be 10 pages, right? Oh my God. <laughs> See, people, people start with this idea that it is a complete job description. Right. But we'll talk about why that's dumb in just a minute. You only need one page. Now look guys, you could do a two-pager. You could totally, I'm, we're not saying don't do two pages. But if you want a simplified way of thinking about job descriptions, and remember, this is an administrative task. There's a benefit associated with it. It doesn't have to be a hassle once you learn how to do it. But you don't need to spend a lot of time on administrative tasks. You just don't. You don't get paid to do this. You get right. paid to deliver results and achieve sales and reduce costs and improve quality and reduce and writing testing a time. job description is not an yeah. accomplishment on your resume? Well, yeah, not only that, <laughs> it's not in your job description right. to write other job descriptions. So you just make some, a word I love, satisficing, which is to say, we, we learned this when we were designing the website, right. right? That you don't try to get it perfect. You satisfy the majority of the needs of people. Right. And it's not perfect. Satisficing describes how people interact with web pages where they don't know the exact right thing. They try something, they're like, okay, that didn't work. And right. then they try something else. But whatever they ended up with, if it got them to the thing they wanted, like I search for tomato and you search for tomato, but we both end up in the right place. Good that, enough. It's good enough. Yeah. So we just say you only need one page because that's going to satisfy and satisfy anybody in your organization who's going to say, well, we need a job description. Okay. And don't believe the people who say, oh, it needs to be totally complete because then you'd have to hire some efficiency expert to come in and follow your dude around for a month. And no. To tell you the truth, job descriptions to me, Danny, are a little bit like annual reviews. That's a bad way to, that's a bad statement, but you can handwrite annual reviews right. on one page. Right. You can handwrite it and hand it to somebody. Um, you and I both like the book Execution by yeah. Larry Vossity. We, yes. we just, I think Wendy and I just did a cast on, on Execution being one of our top five business books. And he actually talks about one page. On the left, you say what's not working. On the right, you say what's working or something like that. And then at the bottom, you're talking about next year. And he says, you can handwrite the dang thing. Yep. Right? If a CEO can, can handwrite a one-page annual review, then we don't have to kill ourselves about a job description. Now, something else. One of the reasons they go long, the mistake they make, is they include all kinds of sales-like material. Mm -hmm. They confuse a job description with a job advertisement. Now, they share similarities. The hiring requirements part is the classic thing that confuses them. Um, but they talk about benefits, they talk about perks, they talk about organizational culture. And because that stuff is kind of easy to write, rather than this is what this job actually does, and that's a fact that either is or isn't true, whereas culture, you can kind of put a bunch of different words around it and technically be right. A lot of words that have four syllables yes, and then... and then letter Z, <laughs> and then have the letter Z. We, we efficientize, <laughs> yeah. But that's, guys, that's wrong. That, that stuff, that culture stuff, the company stuff is not part of a job description. A description, if you look it up, is simply a representation. It's not a motivational document. And look, if you're looking for a tone for your job description, the best guidance we have is dry. <laughs> I mean, it's a factual document. It states, it doesn't sell. It delineates, it doesn't excite, it's true, it's not persuasive, it's accurate, it's not energizing. There's a word with the letters in yep. it. 
It's an internal report to document, not sell or persuade. It's filed. It's not posted online. It's not published in a newspaper. It's filed. Okay. So it is just a recitation. It is not a presentation. It's just not. Okay. And there's only one page. It only comprises three sections. Admin. That's the first section at the top, which basically tells us the job title. And that section is not titled. The next two generally are titled to make it easy to eliminate them. The one is responsibilities, where you list the responsibilities and then requirements. What somebody must have done or proved or achieved previously to be considered for the role. And that's it. And again, Simple. within that one page format. So you're going to be done in half an hour, even if it's crap. And then once you look at it, you go, oh, that's bad. And you'll change two or three things and then you're done. And you're going to be one of the few managers that has them if they're, if you weren't already given them from an HR department that's been around for a long time and had a responsibility to create them. And frankly, any job description more than a year old is, isn't worth a lot anyway. So, okay. So first section is the admin, is the admin section. section. Yeah. This is probably the easiest part. Yeah, this is, this is not where you're, where you have to do a whole lot of thinking. So right. you just need a couple of basic pieces of information. Okay. We don't put administrative at the top, though. We don't have an right. administrative heading. Yeah, this stuff speaks for itself. You don't need things that speak for themselves. You don't need a title or headline. Right. Right. So the first thing we're going to do is just put the job title. What's the title of the role? Right? Mm hmm And if you don't have one, just make one up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And look. I've done that a couple of times. Right. You're pretty smart. We were flying here last night, and, and uh, I was talking about the uh, show notes, and Danny found a website that was three columns of a job title creator. Yeah. <laughs> and there were a bunch of mod, uh, two columns of modifier. Yeah, right. No, one column of modifiers, one columns of locations or start. And then the other one was the actual thing they did, right. which is accounting or finance or whatever. And you pick one from each column, like a Chinese menu yes. and, and you're there. So yeah, make one up guys. Although probably, you know what the title is. There's probably, if you need to make one up, there's probably some other role in the company similar enough to the yours that you don't have to think one up actually. You only have to send a note to some friends and say, what do you think I should call this job that this dude is doing for me? Or you can ask your directs, right? Who are yeah. doing that job or a job similar. Right. If, you're, if this is a job that you're creating a job description for, then it's probably gonna be similar to the role your other directs are performing. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right? So you can just ask them. Yeah. We, you know what, we, this reminds me, we need to do a, 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 a show on span of control. People ask me about it all the time. And one of the things when I tell people about span of control, you mentioned about jobs that are similar. Mm -hmm. People don't know this. Now, this is one of those asides that's not in the show notes that right. people ask us about. What was the show that Mark and Danny <laughs> talked about span of control? But there's a rule in span of control that if everybody does the same thing and they don't rely on each other, in other words, we're all processing tax forms or right. we manage a Walmart or a Target, you can have a bigger span of control because there's no there's less interaction between them. Uh, there are projects they work on together, mm -hmm. but fundamentally they do their own work. The span of control shrinks when you're when you're managing people whose work is aggregated together and there is coordination required in order to produce the output. If you're managing a Walmart and you report to a regional manager, your work is not aggregated together other than an accounting sense right. with the stores within five or 10 miles. Of right. If you are processing IRS forms, you don't aggregate everybody's work other than to report on the total amount of work that right. was done. Whereas if you're creating marketing campaigns and you have a graphic designer and you have a technical person and you have uh, a color specialist and you have, I don't know, whatever else. A writer. A writer. Right. Totally. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Copywriter. 
that tends to have small mm-hmm. control. Okay, sorry, that's a total aside there. That's not in the show notes for those of you who are licensees. <laughs> so yeah, you ask one of your directs and they may know somebody somewhere else where this job exists. We really don't think it's gonna be that hard, but now you know how to title a job. And as a general rule, guys, we recommend you not try to make the job modern and cool and all social media friendly like, like queen bee of relationships or chief relationship dude. Although that would be, I mean, I don't know, that would be a cool title, <laughs> the dude part anyway. For all the people you'll attract, you'll unattract more, like the adults. So you've been warned about that. Don't do it. The benefits are far outweighed by the costs. A couple of levels up, an executive in your firm is going to think, dork. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So next we just list the location, right? right? Where the person is going to be, who's going yeah. to be doing the job. Where, the where job are they going to do? Yeah. Right. And if there are thousands of people in your firm all over the country that do this job, you list where the person who you're writing the job for is. And if you manage people in Denver and Chicago, you would put Denver and Chicago, if in fact the people in Denver and Chicago do this job. Um, but you don't list every city in the country that has a person with this job title in your company. If this is hard though, guys, <laughs> the rest of this is harder, so you might want to stop. <laughs> Reports too uh, is, is important, and you insert your title here. If you don't know your title, we're sorry about that. It needs to be more than director or manager. Um, put what your director or manager of. If there's a lot of folks at your level and you want to put director, quality assurance, laptops, and desktops, um, which goes back to that three-part thing that I was right. joking about a minute ago, that's fine. It's probably the best way to do it. It's probably not the title you use every day. You're a manager and you're in QA or something. You're a QA manager or something. But notice, director, quality assurance, laptops, and desktops. That title is essentially your GPS coordinates on the org chart. It helps people understand what you do, how high you are, and where you fit in in the silos that probably exist in your organization. And then lastly, this is my favorite part of this cast. Yeah. I love this part of the cast. It's so random though, is position status. This is the fourth part that sometimes is necessary. The first three parts are necessary. Some companies don't care about this, but a lot do. I would say more do than don't. So many firms actually show it. It's the last bit uh, in the admin section. And probably all you need to do is look for one of the job description from your firm, anywhere in your firm, unrelated to what you do, to see whether or not it's on there, in which case then, okay, your firm puts it on there. If it's not on there, leave it off. It's right. not the end of the world. On the other hand, if you're not sure, put it on there. And that way HR won't yell at you for not having it on there if you know <laughs> what the answer is. And when we say position status, what we mean is whether or not the role is exempt or non-exempt. Now, many of you wonder what that is and have wondered before. The overly simplified general rule about exempt and non-exempt is someone paid on the basis of an annual salary is exempt and someone paid hourly is not exempt or non-exempt. These terms are actually based on US labor law, just to be clear, and, and they don't apply everywhere in the world, guys. Exempt means someone's role is exempt from the minimum wage and overtime laws. If you pay somebody $40,000 a year and their salary is an annual salary, you don't expect them to keep track of their time. You may in fact have them clock in or out. I would think that would be dumb, but regardless, um, nowadays you don't need time clocks. The security badging system serves as a really, really good time clock. I don't know why people don't know that, by the way. That's a funny thing. But anyway, 
the idea is if you're salaried, you're not going to get overtime. Right. <laughs> so therefore, the laws that apply to overtime, how many hours you can work before you actually have to be, after you, before you have to be paid overtime, are not applicable. And again, exempt means somebody's role is exempt from those laws, minimum wage and overtime. And what that usually means is your salary. Again, though, salary there is a proxy. You'd think they wouldn't base the naming of the people for whom the laws, minimum wage and overtime, are not written, but they do. The laws applies to the non-exempt people because the people who aren't covered by the law are called exempt. They're and, exempt from the law. Right. And so we call the people that are exempt from the law exempt. So therefore, the people that are the law applies to are therefore non-exempt. Non <laughs> yeah, we mean that. No, not really. Or maybe. I don't know. <laughs> If yeah, it's late at night no. and you're listening, yeah, no, yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you're listening to this late at night and you're driving or something like that, and that confused you, you're normal. Yes. Okay. Um, but it's at least in the states, guys, it's your government at work. It has to do with the IRS too. So I have to say, I think I was probably at least ten years into my professional right, right, career before right, I understood right. what that meant. And this is another example of managers saying, "Oh, everybody, everybody else, else knows, knows, so I'm not freaking asking yes. nobody, and that way yes. we're good." Yeah. 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 Of course. When I started my career, there wasn't Google. But dudes, Google. Google it, yeah. Or come to Manager Tools. Okay. One other point about the admin section, you need to put your company name and logo at the top. Okay? And by the way, when HR says you're not authorized to use a logo, oh yeah, okay, fine, you're not authorized. If you only do things you're authorized for, you're probably not going to be terribly successful. You need to break some laws. And one of Horseman's laws is master the rules and then break them in that order. And so what you do is find another document that has a digital representation of your logo and you put that on your document and HR screams at you, but then they're like, but you're the only manager that has job descriptions, you're so awesome. <laughs> okay, now we get to the really meat of this thing. We gotta right. create 10 responsibilities, right? And the key guys is, I wanna go back. I think some of you probably, when we said one page, they're like, really, one? what's the big deal about the one page? The big deal about the one page is, you're only gonna end up with one page. That's a standard to make it easy for you. We're scoping the problem down into something that's doable so we don't have this management blindness problem. So you're not required to create a completely exhaustive list. And this is what trips up so many managers, that issue right. of, Part of the reason I don't know is, good Lord, what, what does a five-page job description include? I'd have to follow the guy around for a week. You know, the same thing applies to managers thinking about coaching one of their people. They're like, yeah, that guy needs some help coaching, so I'll think about it. N not our coaching model, but most, right, what they right. have in their head. I'm like, oh my God, I come up with a plan. I got to come up with lesson mm -hmm. plans. I got I to gotta actually got to get good at something and then train, train them and teach right. them. And you're like, no, I'm not going to do not that. Not going to do it. Yeah. I think also, too, a lot of managers think that in the job description, it's not just here's what the person's going to do, but how they're going to do it. And they start describing. Oh, yeah. And, and that no, sometimes yeah. can go back to the whole culture of the organization yeah. and yeah. putting a whole no. lot of four-syllable words yeah. in Z. Yeah, no. We don't. Yeah, there's nothing in there about that. Right. This is just what they're responsible for. Yeah. Um, what's funny is, we, I, don't, I hadn't thought about mentioning this until now, but the paragraph that describes your responsibilities on your resume is prose and it's a paragraph right and the accomplishments are bullets but everything on a job description is bullets you don't write any prose so this is actually 
a deconstruction of a long responsibilities paragraph and turned into bullets. I wouldn't be a bit surprised if there are people who put responsibility bullets on a, on a resume because they have seen a job. Oh, absolutely. Right? I never even absolutely. thought of that until it's now. Dumb. Okay. So, again, because people are thinking, how big does it have to be? What's the magic way? What's the right way? It's got to be big and everything. How can I cover everything? And the fact is, there's no right way. There's no magic way. And look, guys, here's the key. It's not necessary to capture everything. And there are two good reasons for that. First, the top three to five responsibilities of any job are going to take up 80 to 90% of the person's time in that role. Okay. If someone doesn't get those top five done, the fact that the job description didn't list the 27th thing that someone might be responsible for at some time or another is going to be irrelevant in terms of their performance. The job description is an administrative document that may in fact be helpful, it is helpful, but fundamentally it's about describing the job and it's not designed to accurately represent the entire job because it would be administratively burdensome to do it. The second thing is your jobs change. We just did a cast about this. People have asked me for years about, oh, Mark, I don't want to get promoted. And too many of your examples are about people who want to get promoted yeah, and so yeah. you don't grow them. And so my people say, I don't want to get promoted. And managers hear that and they go, oh my God, what do I say? Yeah. Just had, I just had that question this week Is that right? at okay, the conference. Yeah, yeah, yep. okay. In Atlanta? In Atlanta, yeah. So guys, if you didn't hear that cast, the fundamental principle is when one of your guys says he wants to stay in the same role, and this is generally true of individual contributor roles, but it's also true of managers, generally not true of directors or VPs, anyway. but anyway. Guy says, no, I'm kind of good where I am. What they assume that to mean is I don't have to change. I'm now in a role that I like. It pays my salary. I'm good. My family's okay. I'm good. But that's not accurate because their job is always changing. And in a year, their job is going to be 5% different. If for no other reason, then the company's going to grow 5%. And if the company grows 5% in gross revenues or margins or whatever else, and one of your directs remains unchanged, they have decayed by 5% relative to the rest of the company. And that makes it more likely that they're going to be on a bubble unless they were the top performer before and now they're going to coast for five years, which is never the case with somebody who says, I just want to stay where That's I am. Right. Part of our job is to make them 5% better, to have their job and the way they do their job change all the time. The only constant is change. And so the job is going to change so much, even if it's only incrementally and, and don't ask the fish about the water and you put the crab in the lukewarm water and it doesn't complain and then you heat the water up and you kill it. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you throw it into a hot, pocket, hot, hot pot of water, it will desperately try to climb out. So there's no sense trying to perfectly capture all of a role when by definition in six months, your work capturing everything is going to be obsolete. I mean, think about it. I mean, we're a small company and so things tend to change more easily because we don't have to satisfy a hundred people around right. us. But how many things changed in your job and in Judy's job and in Wendy's job, I don't think my job changed, but Wendy, Judy, you, Tracy as well, because of conference deliverables, yes. right? How much stuff changed in two days at our offsite? Oh, significant. Not, not trivial, right? <laughs> we made changes in order to make the organization better. Absolutely. Yeah. So don't try to capture everything perfectly. Administrative work, guys, that'll be obsolete this year oughtn't be done, generally. Now, you might say, well, then I don't need a job description. No, the administrative work that, that will be obsolete is the bottom half of the responsibilities of the job.
Mm-hmm. And that's why you don't need five pages. You need one. You capture 80% of the job. People read your job description the first page. And let me tell you, you create a four-page job description. They're not ain't nobody going to read the fourth <laughs> no. page, right? Right. If you're down in the weeds on the fourth page, people are going to go, oh, you're an idiot, right? But they read the first page. I'm like, man, that kind of gets it. Yeah. That's how people read them. Yeah. And if there's one person in HR whose job it is to critique your, your job description, let them. Nobody cares about them anyway, okay? <laughs> um, and, they have, and they have no political power. And by the way, there's another reason you don't have to have an exhaustive list, which we'll talk about in just a second. Thanks, everybody. That's it. Hope you enjoyed it. Come back next week for part two. We never expected to go this long, but we're having fun.